Are you a fanatic? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Fanatic Life Podcast. Here are your hosts, John Gunter and Jamie Tipton. Yeah, my butler has it ready. Hey, hey. Welcome back to the Fanatic Life Podcast. You're listening to episode nine. With Jamie Tipton, I am John Gunter. So thankful that you would tune in and listen to us and be a part of our community. We want to invite you to join us over at Facebook. You can see us there at facebook.com slash fanatic life podcast. There we'll have polls and uh, discussion and just letting you know when episodes drop and all of that good stuff. So join us over there again at facebook.com slash fanatic life podcast. Uh, we do want to uh, throw a little thing out to you really for We've got people who listen all over the, the United States. We want to point something out to you. We've got a, uh, a friend uh, from our hometown who, if you pick up a Mountain Dew box or Diet Mountain Dew box, right now they have a uh, Team Rubicon uh, picture on there. And that Team Rubicon is a, uh, is a group that, that gets together veterans and, and they go and help, uh, especially in disasters. Uh, but if you, if you look on there, and, and we got one tonight, over on the left-hand side, you'll you'll see a man with uh, two prosthetic legs, and that is a uh, a guy that uh, grew up just right where we did. He he got into, uh, I believe he caught a, a grenade over in a war in Iraq, and so uh, he's there on the Team Rubicon on, on a Mountain Dew or Diet Mountain Dew box. And uh, so if you if you get one of those, hey, shoot us a picture of it on our Facebook page. We'd love to see it. Uh, and uh, be able to support him. So that was that's a cool thing that that we have now, and uh, gotta gotta send a picture to his mom, letting letting her know that uh, we have this as well. Because I was I was around when uh, my buddy called me and didn't think his brother was gonna make it, and so uh, it's special to me to to be able to see that uh, he's able to give back and he's out there working. Doesn't matter, he doesn't have uh, two of his legs really below his below his knees, so. Uh, that's a cool thing. Um, and back to uh, last week's episode, I want to correct something that, well, Jamie, you didn't correct me until a couple of days, maybe a day into actually posting the podcast. But the whole episode, I went saying that uh, Moana was going to be live action straight to Disney Plus for 30 bucks. Well, and it's not Moana, it's Mulan. <laughs> I, had read, I had read that article. And uh, right before we went to record... I thought, oh, yeah, I've got to talk about that. And so I just typed it up. I didn't go back to it. I just typed it up. And so I typed in Moana. And so that's what I talked about <laughs> the whole episode. So, Jamie, you caught it, but a little late this time. Could you could you speed it up next well, time? Well, you know, it, I, it caught me off guard. I, I thought, hey, we're getting a live action Moana. Is is The Rock going to play Maui, you know, in the live action version or what? And I, it was news to me. So I just, you're, you're, nor, you're, nor, <laughs> just go you're normally it. pretty reliable. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's the that's the first positive thing you've said to me or about me in years. Well, it'll probably be the last. So just go ahead and mark this down <laughs> on your calendar. You know, circle it. Whatever you need to do, but we'll 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 eventually move on from it. That's true. Yeah, and uh, you know the the conversation was still valid about you know do you pay thirty dollars for a you know a direct video on demand rental? And as we talked about, you know, I guess it depends on you know is it a movie you really like. And are you justifying that with, you know, the price of taking your family to, you know, down to uh, the movie theater? Of course, that's not as much of a uh, an option now, but uh, 
you know, maybe in the, in the future it will be again. <laughs> well, it seems a little odd. I thought the uh, independent theater here had been showing that live action Mulan in theaters here recently. So maybe some theaters are showing it, but they're going to release it to uh, Disney plus as a video on demand rental. That may be the case. I don't know. Well, I, I felt like an idiot, but uh, like I said, the conversation was, was valid either way. But uh, next time I'll go back to the article before I just type something down that I think I have right in my head. It's always dangerous. Anyway, we uh, also one more thing I want to throw in there. I had a buddy that's uh, been listening and, and Nathan certainly appreciates you. But, but Jamie, this week I had a buddy come by the house and he brought a binder of cards. He brought a, a binder of baseball cards to me, had Ken Griffey's Jr. in there, had the, you know, the old, uh, was it the Donruss, I think it was 90, 1990, Bo Jackson, you know, all those, all those cards from our era that we, you know, that we, you've seen them all, you know, they're all, you know, things that have come across probably your hands before. But uh, he dropped by and he said, man, you can have all these. And so I was, man, I am very appreciative of that. So I have, uh, I have some other cards to go through. Now, he even had a, uh, you ever seen a Bill Clinton baseball card? No, I have not. I, well, well, I have actually, one. Actually, I take that back. I have, is it the Hot Springs, produced by the Hot Springs Chamber of Commerce or whatever it was? No. Well, I don't know. I, I would have to go look at it. But I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like a Houston Astros hat or something like that he had on. Huh. And that's, a, that's an interesting card for now, sure. Now, I have seen them locally around here that have like, it's like a baseball card. I I can't remember. He had them like, a, it's like he was throwing out a first pitch at a game. And it mm-hmm. like in the bottom corner, it had the, like the visit hot Springs logo. So I just kind of, you know, assumed it was a, a local collectible type item. Right now. Hey, speaking of hot Springs, that's something we probably need to get into sometime. You ever, you ever looked at the history of, of baseball that, that came through hot Springs back in the day? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, I've actually hit a few stops on the uh, the baseball trail uh, up here. One of them, including where uh, Babe Ruth hit a, I think it was like the first recorded home run over 400 feet where he knocked it out of the park and into the alligator farm that's across the street. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Wasn't that measured at some 500 it and something it may have been, feet, something ridiculous? It may have been 500 feet. It's been so long since I've done it. I've, Memories are a little fuzzy, you know, once you get older in age. What was really neat is that field used to be in the uh, little warehouse or office parking lot right across the street. But there's another field just kind of up behind the alligator farm you can still kind of go to. And there's no stands. There's nothing that would even say it was a baseball field. But just walking up to it, you can tell it's a baseball field. Just the dimensions, just the way it sets. It's you can tell it's a baseball field and to also think that, you know, greats like the babe set foot where you're setting foot, you know, it's kind of a neat thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't there. There's either a marker. I know there's a, there's a marker where he hit it into the alligator farm. Right. But is there a, is there a home plate up there? I'm just thinking of something. There, else. There is a home plate in the parking lot and I believe there's a marker there. I can't remember what the field used to be called. I've got an article in there in, in my bedroom right now. I just don't don't have access to it. But yeah, that's there's a lot of <clears throat> there's a lot of history up there because you know people would come and that would be their off season to right, it's, to hang around hot springs and be in those baths and really kind of live it up and <laughs> all all of that good stuff. And uh, 
It's interesting to read about, especially for us in Arkansas who have never had a, you know, a major league team to root for. I mean, you have to go outside the state. Uh, our, our Razorbacks, that's why we're, uh, we're Razorback fans and, and pretty, pretty united in that, but is that we don't have a, a pro team. They are a pro team. So something like this is, is really pretty cool. Yeah, they created Hot Springs as the uh, birthplace of uh, spring training. But uh, there's there's several several markers uh, with historical facts up and down uh, Bathhouse Row, which is the historical district in Hot Springs. Uh, there's several markers. Like I said, no, there's two or three around the alligator farm, and there's a few more sprinkled throughout the downtown area. Yeah, you you can go and you can you can see some of these things. I think that's the article I have is is about that kind of trail that you're talking about. And there's also you know like some what was it Al Capone <laughs> sightings things like that too. Oh yeah, Al Capone. A lot of people frequented Hot Springs back in those days. Yeah, there's there's supposed well not supposedly there is underground tunnels underneath Bathhouse Row from uh, where they would transport liquor back in Prohibition days. You know to all the speakeasies and such. Yeah, you're not gonna not gonna keep some of these things down ever. No. <laughs> so there's a if there's a will, there's a way. Well, uh, one of the things you know we mentioned our Facebook page. Uh, one of the the things we've done since last week is we put a poll up. Jamie and I, if you listen to episode eight, Jamie and I both did not like the never ending story. Now we understand that's a cult classic for a lot of people. And we were curious to kind of see, you know, what it was like for those of you, especially those of you we already know and, and you know, what your opinion was about the never ending story. What I'd really like to ask is when's the last time you saw it? Because, you know, I, I rewatched it, but our poll was uh, what do we have. I think only 29 percent were on <laughs> right. our side. Is that is that the last poll you got? That's the last one I looked at. Well, that's a that's a good place to stop. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many days are, are left on the poll, but that's a good good spot to stop. I think as of recording, there's like two days left. Two days left. Well, I'm sure I'm sure your wife will, will jump in there and mess that poll up. But hey, it's uh, it's one of those things. We we knew it probably wasn't going to be a popular opinion, but you know, to each their own and. And I'm sure, I'm certain that that people will go and watch my my favorite that I talked about, Dark Crystal, and not like it. So you know that's okay. And a buddy of ours, uh, uh, Ryan, over at uh, the Heavy Set Podcast, he sent me a message and said, uh, you know, I can't find Dark Crystal on Netflix. So I'm not sure if they've taken it off. I didn't look. Uh, Dark Crystal, the original 1982 movie, not the new series. But I went and watched the series again, and man, I still I still enjoy that. So. If you want to try something different, if you're, you know, especially if you're a Jim Henson fan, uh, I think that's a good, good thing to go, go watch. It was the 1982 movie. And then the new Netflix series is a prequel to everything. So that's a lot of fun. I, I did. I, I think I liked it better the second time I watched it because there were some expectations I had that I really, you know, just kind of clinging on to the movie and, and how it was. Like I talked about, it was, the movie was, was really kind of mysterious and, you know, not a lot, a lot of, dialogue with with some of the uh, the skexies which are the the evil lizard bird <laughs> something and uh and so they they were able to be mysterious a little more mysterious than when you open it up and, and have a season on netflix and so you know that was different for me but even going back and watching it i thought no this they did a good job with this so and you have uh <laughs> an interesting you know you have mark hamill who voices the scientist of the skexies and so uh, that's interesting. It does fa- a fantastic job on that on that series. So, 
Uh, the voices just those creepy voices just kind of add to everything, add to that, add to that mystery and kind of evil feeling. And uh, but it's a uh, it's a good one. But we're okay. We're okay that uh, you guys didn't agree with us. And uh, but I would like to know when's the last time you watched Never Ending Story? And I don't know if I ever watched. I know there's a Never Ending Story too. I don't know if I ever watched that. Did you? Can you uh, watching that? I remember watching it, but I can't tell you what it's about because it's. Probably been just as long since I've watched it since Never Ending Story One. Now I did see them both on Netflix earlier today when I was kind of going through it. Uh, both of them popped up, and I was like, "Oh, there they are!" and kept going. Yeah, oh, I, I got you. Well, and like I said, I remember coming to my dad's office after school, and like we had we had the the videotape of the Never Ending Story, and so that was one of the things we watched. We didn't have anything else to do at his office. So, you know, it was just kind of stay out of the way and you can sit in this one room and watch, you know, this little bitty TV that we would, you, know, you probably wouldn't even watch TV if that's all you had today. You know, like we're so spoiled to huge, uh, you know, televisions, but that was one of those that we kept watching. And so that one's burned into my brain and heck, maybe that's part of the reason I don't, I don't care for it as much, but it, uh, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of it. It's just a little, little bit weird for me. And then I'm talking about, uh, you know, Dark Crystal and Skeksis and things you've never heard about. And I'm calling something else weird. I understand the irony. <laughs> That's OK. Hey, as you're as you're listening to this episode, uh, we, we like to bring you some some cool things on the, the National Day calendar. And this week, uh, you probably should have it by this day on August 13th. We're going to be talking about National Filet Mignon Day. I feel like I have to hold my pinky. It sounds kind of fancy. But National Filet Mignon Day on August 13th. Jamie, when's the last time you had filet mignon? Uh, this morning for breakfast. Do you not have it every morning for breakfast at your house? <laughs> yeah. it's. Well, I get up and, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, my butler has it ready. Uh, <laughs> steak. Some eggs. I mean. Wrapped in bacon every morning. Yeah, that's... My cardiologist told oh. me I had to eat that. And that's the only reason I do. Right. I mean, I don't even like it. It's just... It's the thing to do. Feels like something I have to do, and so I'll I'll stick with it as long as I can. No, it's 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 been a been a little while since I've had a filet mignon, but more normally it's because it's a it's a small cut, and I'm a I'm a big guy, so I you know I like a little more a larger cut, if you will. And that's that's the funny thing about fillets for me is that you know you you look at the price and it's pricey. And you think, oh, man, well, I'm going to treat myself. And then you get this small thing <laughs> that uh, like, OK, where's the rest of it? And uh, it's always really good. You know, it's 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 a really good cut. And it's like uh, anything else. You know, you get that cut of meat. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be tender. But, uh, yeah, I'm the same way. It's like, where where's the rest of this thing? Yeah, I think the last time I had them, I caught them on sale at the local grocery store and bought a pack. and. Was able to eat two. Yeah, I man, I couldn't tell you the last time I ate some. It's been a long time, and it's for the same reason. It's like, well, I can, I can buy me a you know two inch thick sirloin, cook it up. You know, I don't know how many ounces it end up being, be massive, and uh, just have all I want instead of instead of just this small cut. And so, I'm not a I'm not a small guy, and so that that looks a lot better for me or better to me is is that that big cut of meat. 
Maybe I need to go back to filet. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe that'll we, help. We probably do eat, need to eat the smaller cuts of meat, you know, just to be honest. Mm-hmm. All that, all that good red meat that tastes so wonderful. Well, another thing we wanted to uh, direct your attention back to Facebook. Uh, we, we do polls and we do, you know, let you know when episodes come out and all that. But we're, we're trying to put a, a few videos together for the, the Facebook page. This week I put up our, really our second unboxing video. And this week I told you, well, I told you in episode eight that I finally got a comic off my wish list. It was headed to me and that was a Naomi number one CGC graded 9.8. And so I put an unboxing video on online and that was a lot of fun because I told you that that was my first graded comic. And Jamie, those things are just beautiful slabbed up and everything. Oh yeah. The, the slabs just make them pop. And those, those, jo- those jokers are, they're thick. They're, your comics protected in that thing. That's the way I felt, but it was, I mean, just a, just a new slab. And that's what they call just the protective case around the comic. And, uh, and it, it's just beautiful. I, I did. I, I took it out. Now, I don't know what to do with it. Now, how do you, how do you store your, your graded comic? Uh, mine's in a box. Um, not necessarily a comic book box, but it's in a box itself, one that'll, it'll fit in. Now you can get boxes that will hold graded comics that are, you know, a little bit taller, a little bit wider. They also make these little, uh, display hooks that you can, they just kind of clamp in and you can mount them on your wall, stuff like that. But Pretty much those, that's about your only two options, really. Well, and like we talked about last week, and I'd be afraid to do that. You know, just the chance that the sun would really get to right. it. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know if it's in your bedroom. You don't keep the windows open all the time. What, what type of chance it would be. Maybe I need to talk to someone who's, who's done a lot of those, you know, cause comic book shops, you know, you, you have all of those displayed all the time, you know, where people can see them. They're right. out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how long it would take to, to mess one of those up or. I guess it was since it's my first, I'm probably baby. It I took it straight to uh, straight to a place that there was no chance of getting any sunlight whatsoever. Now your newer comics are probably a little less likely to fade compared to your older ones, just because of the the material used nowadays is head and shoulders above the quality that was used back in like even the early nineties, uh, where it was almost just like a like your regular newspaper paper, you know, just the pulp style paper if um so right it it was pulp and that's how they that's how they even fix some of those things is to add more pulp to a, a you know a crack or tear it's it's crazy you know that those things and that's that's why so many of them are, are so valuable is they're that old and really that fragile and still you know still here well i, I you know i i wish that uh i wish that all of them have you ever gotten one with the the card stock cover Yes, they're usually like the uh, the blank covers, and I have actually seen at comic book conventions you can take those to like the comic book artist there, and for a certain amount they'll they'll actually draw you a customized cover on that comic book. So it's it's kind of a neat concept too. Mm-hmm. Well, I you know, I have one. I think it last year it was I don't remember which issue it was, but it was the goon. And it was just a beautiful cover and it was, it was that thick card stock. So it was actually, you know, it was actually a regular, you know, normal front, you know, cover to a, to a comic, but it was that heavy card stock, man. I would, I would, <laughs> I would pay a little extra if they would just make that right now. And I could, you know, they have all the variants. Heck, why, why not have each one have a variant that's a card stock, you know, cover a, so I can get that and it'll, it'll hold up. These things are so fragile. And I'll tell you one thing about that. I was since I've never had one graded, 
I was I was curious to get that Naomi number one to see really, you know, to look in there and to see what kind of shape that was in. And so I saw little nicks on on both the top and the bottom on the corners. So I was actually glad to see that. And I was like, okay, good. So a 9.8 does have nicks because you really, it's hard to find a comic book. If you go to a comic shop, they're going to do the tomorrow. Well, for us, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Most comic shops are going to have new comic book day. Well, really all comic shops, if they're any comic shop at all, I have new comic book day on Wednesday. And so as soon as they get those things, a lot of them are going to be nicked up. They're going to have different things. You know, they got laid the wrong way They're, I don't know. There's so many, there's so many problems that the distributor can have. I, I went to Branson one year and stopped by the comic shop up there. And I was talking to, uh, talking to someone and they said, you know, we got, we got all these comics in and you know, there was a toy thrown in here because they're getting all these things from the same place. And so they just throw it all in one big box and you know, good luck. Uh, <laughs> so and that's that's uh, Diamond Distributors, and of course DC is. I think you mentioned uh, in a previous episode that DC has kind of started their own thing, and that hasn't you know been <laughs> completely flawless in the way that they've tried to do that. Uh, if uh, again, if you want to go to Facebook, I just posted a video today, and this Tuesday uh, about a. Uh, I've talked to you guys about Mill Geek Comics, uh, and that's uh, Russ. And uh, talked about a little bit about Comic Tom, and so I posted a video from them. And uh, one of the, one of the big issues Russ just had was there was a a new comic that just came out, and they had a variant that everybody wanted. It it is blown up, and so it, it, as soon as they post what it's going to be about, everybody wants it. And so the problem was, I think they posted about it on July fourteenth. They posted, hey. Here's going to be who's on the cover and it's going to be a, you know, a first appearance. And like we've told you guys before, that's the big thing you want. That's what you, that's what people want to get. Number ones, you know, first appearances on the cover inside all these things. And so on July 14th, they, they really, they gave that hint of what was going to come out. And so everybody wanted it. The problem was, is that July 13th, the day before was the deadline to order. So how does that make any sense for the distributor to put <laughs> to put a deadline on it the day before they announce who's going to be on it, it's it's like they don't want money, you know. They don't, and especially I feel bad for these comic shop owners, and you know they're just trying to make a little bit. It's it's not like uh, you know so many things like uh, like talking about you know supporting small businesses. So many things, you know, I could go down here to my local store and get a whether it be a drill, you know, some kind of hand tool or a set. There was one time I, I, I thought, well, I'll just support local and I'll get this set. And so I compare it like I always do on Amazon. And uh, if I go with Amazon, I think I could have saved 70 or $80. You know, it is a, it is a huge difference. Well, do I want to support local and pay $80 that I can't use for groceries or all of these things, you know? And so you have that back and forth comic shops you know, you're talking about a $4 book and <laughs> there's not, there's not going to be any, you know, big markup or anything like that. If it's a good comic shop. Now, some of them will hold variants and try to try to sell them, you know, for, you know, a, a big profit. But, but Russ on that video, if, if you've got a chance, go look at that. Cause he was angry <laughs> because he didn't have a chance to even to, to even have it, have a chance to buy these for his customers. He doesn't, his big deal is he wants to sell them for cover price and just give them to his, his customers that way, not mark it up. 
And he ordered in the first place, he ordered 19 and got nine. I don't know. I don't know how you run a business when you can't get the customer what they want. I mean, th- that is not the time we live in, Jamie. It is, I want what I want and I want it now. Right. So, it, man, that's, you want to know a little bit about that and how that works. Go watch that video. But, uh, I mean, you've been to a lot of comic shops. How many times have you heard d- different things about Diamond and their distributing? Oh, I've heard horror stories of just, like you were saying, you know, something thrown into a box of comics or I got, they got a, and I mean, they, they literally, they come in a big box. There's no protection. There's no plastic wrap. There's no shrink wrap. There's no styrofoam packing inside this box. It is a box full of comics. So, I mean. Exactly. And, you know, the guy at UPS or FedEx or the Postal Service, they're, get, they're getting paid to do a job and do a job quickly. So they're not concerned about, oh, I, I might have dented the corner of that box. They're like, no, send it on, send it on, send it on. But, you know, you get a big dent in the corner of a box, and, I mean, you've probably ruined however many comics were in that box, you know, depending on the size of the box. I mean, you could be hundreds of comics that you just run. Yeah. And and that's a part of it, too, that you know, the, some of the ones I've been to, you know, I'm looking for a certain comic, and I go, and, and like Russ on this video says, you know, I ordered 19, I got nine. Well, then a lot of times it's I ordered 19 and I got nine, but only five of them <laughs> were worth putting up on the shelf. I got to send the rest right. back or try to get, you know, try to get some credit on that. And, and what I don't understand about that, Jamie's right, because I have seen in one of these boxes, they're just, they're just put in there for, and we've reiterated, you know, it's all about condition with these things. You want something in as good a condition as you can get. And that's, you know, Little nicks on the corners, like I said, my 9.8 is all, you know, that, that can that can work. When you go from a 9.8 to 9.6, on a lot of these things, you're dropping a lot of money. If it's an expensive comic, you're talking about, you know, it could be hundreds, it could be thousands of dollars, depending on, you know, what comic it is. And and that's one thing I don't understand is is why that that is like it is. You you're in an you're in an industry which demands this to be in good condition for this to, you know, for me to be able to sell it and sell it well. And you pile it all in the box with other things not protected and just hope for the best. I don't know. That's, that's actually one of the good things I've heard come about uh, the DC uh, distribution. I can't think of the name of it, but I know it's, it's two different ones and it's actually two different comic book shops distributing these comic books for DC to all these other comic book shops. So they actually know this is the issues we had with diamond. Let's try to make sure these other comic book shops don't have this issue with us. And I've heard their packaging was a lot better than diamonds, but personally I haven't seen anything like it. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't either. It's, it's tough for me since I'm, when I was buying stuff from our comic shop, which is still like an hour away. I was, I happened to work in town a couple of days a week. And so it was easy for me to run by. And now I've, I've just been able to, I called them today to see if they would uh, put one back for me, but it's, it's tough to, to even do that and, and be involved. So now I'm buying online and things like that, which is not the same. I like, I like, like I said, I want to support local and I want to so- support small businesses where, you know, there's not that markup. You know, if it's a markup, it's, it's cents. It's not, you know, tens of dollars, hundreds of dollars, anything like that. And so, uh, but, but these comic shops will sell them for, you know, cover price. And so I, I like being a part of that and, and going and, and being there on new comic book day on Wednesday and, and picking those out. 
trying to beat everybody else to the good, you know, the good copy that's, that's in there or the variant or whatever. So yeah, there's, there's, that's a lot of there's fun. There's nothing like walking into a comic book shop and picking out, you know, the comic book you're wanting, um, because you get it right then and you know what condition it is. You know, when you order online, it's, you're going to have to wait for it to be shipped to you. And then you run into that same issue. You don't know what kind of condition it's going to come to what, it, how it's going to arrive at your house. So you may save money, but there's also a little bit of less peace of mind, I guess you would say. Right. And I'm, I just now I have used, uh, I've used a couple of different, different online options. And one was that mill geek comics, uh, you can you can see if you click on that video in the video description, you can uh, see a link to Russ's shop, Mill Geek Comics there. And uh, I've used them and, and loved it. I probably need to go back to him. I've used mycomicshop.com, which if you order far enough out, I think instead of paying cover price, you get it for about, which is normally about $4 for cover price. Um, you can get it if you, again, if you order it far enough out, it's about 2 70 something like that to 80 so that's a pretty good discount you know if you know what you want or, or think you do the only problem is is just like uh like this week there's a uh, there's a new comic that's coming out that everybody wants and i'm not going to be able to get it probably that's why i called my comic shop and, and i'll have to try and go get it in a week if if they have it anyway there's uh there's a lot of online options i just got another one i was i was trying to see here if i still had it pulled up Oh, this is this is fantastic. Yeah, things from another world. It's tfaw.com. I just got on there. And so I'll be getting I don't know when I'll be getting my first option because I've pre-ordered a lot uh, well, several things. So I'm not sure what what that's going to be like as far as getting that in the mail and how they protect it and what quality they give to you. So I'll report back as we as we get that. But I, I do like their their site better than my comic shop. They I think they're 10 cents higher on pre-orders maybe, but you know, I just wanted to test it out and see, you know, am I using the one that I'm, I'm going to get the best quality or best results from. So uh, that's things from another world, tfaw.com or mycomicshop.com or mill geek comics. I've, uh, after, after this tfaw, I will have used them all. And, uh, so far so good with all these, but you ever order anything online? I mean, I know you do the, uh, uh, you do some of the digital yeah, things, like Marvel subscriptions, which I actually think they're fulfilled by Midtown Comics. If I'm not mistaken, I was uh, l- reading into it a little more, but uh, you know, I actually go through Midtown Comics, which has their own site. Uh, I mean, you go through Marvel uh, subscriptions uh, dot com, and uh, and if you don't if you don't know what Midtown is, Midtown is you will if you get into comic books. You're going to know Midtown because they're in New York. It's a, I guess I get, I've never seen it, but just from the way it comes up, it's got to be huge. I think they have two or three storefronts in New York. Uh, Okay. That would make sense because like I said, you get into comics, you're going to hear about that. Right. And uh, of course I I got, uh, got one in the mail today. Of course, like I said, it's a, in a plastic little cellophane bag with a, not even about a postcard thickness piece of paper in front of it. And lo and behold, that bottom corner is bent. So uh, it's just kind of one of those. No, but I, I mean, nope. I get it. where'd you get that one from? If it, it was the Marvel subscriptions. 
Oh, goodness. Okay. So, I mean, you do get a good deal, but, you know, you're also taking that risk. And, I mean, I understand it's, I'm paying basically $2 an issue and they're shipping them to me for that price. So, it's, I understand they got to cut, cut costs somewhere. Yeah, and that's man shipping. We we get used to things like Amazon Prime, and so when you when you actually have something shipped like that, it's a little bit of sticker shock. I I accidentally I told you I just, I'm trying out this new new site TFAW, and so when you set that up, you you set up your pre orders and you set up our how you want it shipped and all this stuff. And so I accidentally did UPS insured <laughs> or something like that, and I thought, well, I'm getting you know I'm getting enough that this will probably you know probably be like seven or eight bucks and, and all this. And, and, and of course you, know, you said how often you want it to send to you. Cause you know, if you want it every week, it's going to get expensive. But I looked and my first pre-order was coming out. They sent me an email and, and with all my pre-orders uh, and the shipping, you know, time shipping frequency, this first one worked out to where I was getting one comic. So we're talking, you know, $2.80, something like that, maybe three bucks. That weighs like <laughs> two ounces. U- <laughs> two ounces. And so I was doing UPS insured and the shipping was going to cost me like $19. And something. <laughs> uh, that book better be worth a lot of money quickly. <laughs> and that's probably not the case, but I looked at that. I thought, Oh my goodness, I've got to change that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I talked about just, <laughs> you, you the postal service right now is slow. I, you know, they've had some things in the news that you can read about, but just getting anything's a little bit slow. And so I, I really prefer UPS right now, but not for one comic insured where it's going to cost me, you know, 22, $23 for one comic. 10 times the uh, value of the comic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't, I, I'm not signing up for that. That's just, uh, there's some like, like the one that, that, uh, that Russ is upset about on the video. You know, you would pay that. And the crazy thing is, is that this, this comic that he's talking about, people will go on eBay and they will try to pre-buy it. So some comic shops will, will order enough. And, and some of these variants, like we've talked about, if it's a one in 25 variant, you've got to order 25 regular covers to get one variant. Or if it's a one in 50, same thing, order 50 and get one. And so some people pre-bought these things for $300. I think even more than that, I think, but I know, I know it was around 300 anyway, but a week after, <laughs> a week after uh, this one came out, people are, are buying it for 190 on eBay. So they've already lost that much money. Just crazy. And, uh, and so there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but you know, if, if, if that was the case, I'd pay the 20 bucks for UPS, but not the one I had coming that just wasn't worth it. It was just a, just one I wanted because of the cover and, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying out the series to see if I, you know, like the series to want to subscribe to it. But yeah, I just had a little bit of sticker shock on that. So just, just watch that. If you try out some of these things, make sure you know what the, what the shipping schedule is and how much that's going to cost you. Again, I, you know, if I'm going to do comic books, I don't, I guess I'd be hesitant to do what you're doing with Marvel because of that. You know, it's, that we all have the mail and we've all gotten that letter or that document or whatever that is just worn out. Look like it is like, if it could talk, where have you been? You know? And so to get a comic book that way and heck you're lucky it's just a corner, but, but a corner is a big deal in a comic book. And I mean, it, it didn't have any creases in it. So, I mean, I could put a book or something on it, flatten it out, but it's like, you can tell it's 
been through the mail pretty much, but uh, I do it because I enjoy reading them uh, more than anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I'm looking to resell anyway. So it's like, well, you know, it is what it is. That's true. I'll put it in a bag and board and put it in my box. And after I read it and that'll be that. Right. And that's, you know, because my focus is what it is where I want to read, but I also have an eye on, you know, trying to get, get that new one and get several, you know, several different uh, copies of it so I can sell it and maybe pay for some other ones. Since that's my mindset, you know, I am just very mindful of the condition and being careful, but it's kind of like my vehicles. I, <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy that buys a new vehicle. A, cause when you do the math and how much they depreciate it, it's kind of depressing, but anyway, just wanting to use it, you know, I don't, I don't want to get that new vehicle and then have to worry all the time about scratching it or, you know, just messing it up in any way. And so I buy used vehicles. And that's kind of the same way I, I would feel a little freedom if I got that comic book in the mail, because now I can just read it and not worry about it. not worry about messing up any of those corners and all, all of that stuff. So I get what you're saying. Absolutely. If I'm, if I'm just reading, Hey, we're good to go. We'll read this thing. And, like you said, still sticking a bag and board. It'll look good anyway. And enjoy your comic. That's right. Well, some, some big news coming out of college football. Uh, some of our worst fears almost being realized in front of us. We're still, we're still wondering whether or not we will have a college football season this fall. Now, some of the conferences have already come out and said no. Uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have both said they are, it's not going to happen this fall. They're hoping to do this in the spring, which is interesting in the, in the landscape of college football, because right now the SEC and big 12 are talking about, there's still uh, no plans have changed. And so they may have a, have their season in the fall. They've even rumored to have what they call them super conferences yeah, and it, or a super conference. Yeah, it was SEC, ACC, and the Big Twelve are still wanting to put on, you know, a fall college football season. <clears throat> I know Trevor Lawrence has come out and said, you know, hey, let us play. There's really no safer place for us to be than to be here on campus, being monitored by medical staff every day. And he does have a point there with that. Uh I believe it was on uh, the Dan Patrick show. He was talking about there's possibly talks that the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 kind of coming together to form like a super conference for one season where I think it would be more, uh, where it'd be more logistics based on logistics, you know, because you'd have, be able to split up, you know, and stay kind of more in a, uh, a bubble, if you will, certain area of the country instead of, going from the Midwest to the East coast and back and forth. And also there was talks of uh, Nebraska and Iowa out of the big 12 or big 10 wanting to play fall football and possibly could be part of that as well. Yeah. That was, that was another interesting part of this is that some of these, these colleges are not happy with this decision. I think a lot of the, the big 10 colleges weren't, weren't on board. They were showing, actually, we do not support this. It was a vote of 12 to two, 12 to two, Nebraska and Iowa were the two that voted to have fall football, man. What I was reading was, you know, people even like Ohio state had come out about this. I have to, I have to go back and check that, but yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thing that, you know, I, you wonder how they would do this. How how would you break up the schedule? 
I think you'd have to dismantle it really to to do a so so called super conference because, like we said, even in the SEC, yeah, we're an all in one conference, but that stretches from Texas A and M over to Florida and South Carolina, and so that's that's a long distance. Of course, if you if you include like the Big Twelve and things like that for us here in Arkansas. Then you can include some some closer surrounding areas. I'm okay with dismantling our schedule for this year. Oh yeah, that that's something that I know our our non Arkansas <laughs> fans don't care a thing about. But we uh, we here in Arkansas have not won very much. <laughs> I think two games a year for the last couple of years. Fired a coach, have a new coach, and so we're in the SEC West, and of course that means uh, we have A and M, LSU, Alabama. All of these teams uh, that have that have been well, in the last ten years, you know, you can go back and look at really rises in in a lot of them, and so we have a, a tough conference schedule year in year out. And so this year they said, well, okay, we'll just do, we'll keep it in the conference. We'll just go from eight conference games to ten. Well, the two teams they add for Arkansas this year are from the East, and you know we're hoping for. Give me Tennessee and Vanderbilt. You know, give give somebody close, and they haven't been a powerhouse lately. No, we get Florida and Georgia. Tennessee's actually already on the schedule for us this year because they're our the one that rotates out. Oh, were they? I yeah. didn't see so that. We, okay, we, we've got Tennessee on the schedule as well. Well, that, I'm I'm for that. I'm just not for Florida and Georgia added into the rest of this mess we play. <laughs> Why don't y'all play cupcakes? Why do y'all play cupcakes? Because the rest of it's terrible. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, oh, you know, just keep keep an eye out for these, you know, these changes in college football. I, I don't know what it's going to be like. It's it's going to be crazy. I mean, just think about the implications if it if what looks like is happening right now. And of course, that may that may change by the time this thing hits the air. But imagine part of your part of your. Uh, college football being played in the fall and the rest being played in the spring. All right. Who's national champion. Right. How, how do you determine this anymore? Well, I mean, Pac 12, big 10. I mean, nobody was coming out of there. So, I mean, we're good. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely been true as of late. You know, you have your, you have your Ohio state and you know, Michigan seem to stay in it for most of the year. And, that's about your only shot out of either of those conferences. Until they play Ohio State. <laughs> Until one plays the other. And that's that's where you you look at the SEC and like, well, see, that's what we're talking about right there. We've all got to play each other. And it's horrible. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with that. Because, uh, man, I do want college football. I, I've told you guys, hey, my favorite time is the fall. It cools off. I, I'm a big deer hunter. Love doing that. And so sitting out in the woods – a uh, big part of my my fall, and then of course college football, and so man, I, I don't know what it'll do. You know, if I don't have it, I guess I'll just deer hunt more. But one of the questions I want to ask you, Jamie, and and I'll respond as well. But what the, what does a fall college football Saturday look like for you? Do you have a a way you go about that? Do you do you work some Saturdays? How what does that look like for you? Or do you make time for it? I work most Saturdays. Um, you know, if I get off early enough, I'll I'll catch a game. Uh, usually, I'll just come down to my den and put it on the TV. You know, that way, save my wife from having to listen to it and listen to me. Uh, but normally, I just kind of kick back, relax, and just watch some football. There you go. Well, mine's different because I don't. Uh, I haven't worked on Saturdays 
you know, technically in a, in a got to go to work job uh, in a while. So most Saturdays for me are, are trying to, uh, I'm, I'm a minister. And so I'm trying to relax a little bit on Saturday before I, uh, uh, before I speak on Sunday. And so on Saturday, I really, uh, man, I love to get up if I was, if I was the, you know, giving the fur, the perfect Saturday to get up early enough, right when, um, right when uh, game day comes on college game day, and it's cool enough outside that I've got the, got the window cracked or something like that. And <laughs> this is the kind of nerd I am in my, in my living room. I actually have, of course, we've got the regular big TV and then I actually bought a TV cart. So I've got another TV that I can wheel wherever I want to in the house. And so I'll have my PlayStation on it. And so a lot of Saturdays I will set up early. I'll watch college game day. And on the PlayStation, a different TV in the same room, I'll be playing something like, well, back in the day when you could play NCAA football, that's what I'd be doing. But nowadays, you know, it'll be Madden playing NFL while I'm doing this. And so I'm, I'm getting like a full exposure to football on Saturdays. And uh, that's, that's kind of changed a little bit over the last few years. You know, I've got, I've got two little boys running around the house and, you know, wanting to do stuff with daddy. And so we, we do more of that. But uh, they, they, they just kind of tune the TV out right now. They're not into football yet, but, uh, that, that's my Saturday. Just love hearing, hearing that music. And well, you know, as I'm thinking about how things have changed over the last couple of years, some of those things may be just because Arkansas has been terrible. <laughs> and so I've approached Saturday in a different way because it's horrible, but, uh, but yeah, always some, some good food. My wife gets into it. She loves having the football on, on, on Saturday and, uh, just kind of enjoying that atmosphere, I guess. So that's a big deal for me. But, you know, if I don't have it this this fall, it will stink. Uh, I'm going to be busy enough as it is <laughs> with or without it. But, uh, yeah, I think I'll just focus more on foot or on uh, deer hunting. So I, I don't know, man. I, I just right now I'm still pessimistic with with these conferences dropping out that, that we'll be able to have it or at least even if we start it, that we'd be able to finish it. But. I don't know. I, I guess I need to be more hopeful, but we'll we'll certainly see. All right. Um, we wanted to uh, before we, before we run out of time. Don't want to take you guys all day. I think we we ran a, a longer episode last week, but we mentioned last last week we mentioned the Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft had their their game showcase, and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> you know, that came across if you listen to the episode. As a game showcase, I thought they failed. I really did. That they call it a game showcase, and they played a lot of non-gameplay, and they played uh, Halo that looked like old generation Halo, and they showed us Tetris, which you know, if you're a Tetris fan, have at it. But on a next gen system that everybody's anticipating, all these graphics and all these wonderful things. Tetris is not the way to go. <laughs> it is not the way to go. And so a lot of these things didn't get us excited and uh, even got a lot of people angry. And I told you, I felt like that showcase for Microsoft actually sold a bunch of PS5s. And I, I really believe that. I think that's going to be the case. Uh, now, Microsoft may not care because of the way they, they had the game pass and all of these things. But I, I really thought they dropped the ball. And, and I know a lot, of, a lot of Xbox fans thought the same way. Uh, but today, uh, again, our, our friend uh, Ryan over at uh, the Heavy Set Podcast sent me a message. He said, "Man, I, I heard you talk about this on the on the show, so I just want you to know that that Halo has actually been delayed." And so, 
it <laughs> I was surprised and not surprised at the same time because like I said, all that I had read, remember I had this negative reaction to it and I thought, well, maybe it's just me. You know, maybe maybe it's just me seeing this and then I jump on Reddit and places like that and everybody's slamming it. So, okay, it's not me. Let me just read this statement real quick from Chris Lee, studio head at Halo Infinite. He says, today I want to share an important Halo Infinite development update with the community. We have made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. I think that is the key statement of all of this. I'll read the rest of it, but I think that's the key statement. The decision to shift our release is the result of multiple factors that have contributed to development, development changes or challenges, sorry, including the ongoing COVID-related impacts affecting us all this year. I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 Industries who have remained committed to making a great game and finding solutions to development challenges. However, it is not sustainable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship it this holiday. We know this will be a disappointment to many of you, and we all share in that sentiment. The passion and support the community has shown over the years has been incredible and inspiring. We wanted nothing more than to play our game with the community this holiday. The extra time will let us finish the critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at the quality we know our fans expect. Another key thing there, I think. He says, thank you for your support and understanding. And again, that's Chris Lee, studio head of Halo Infinite. All right. The two key phrases, I think, uh, that I pointed out there is that we want to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. And then, and then to say the extra time will let us finish the critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at the quality, at the quality we know our fans expect. Now, I know there were some language about COVID um, in there, and I don't doubt that a bit, that COVID, you know, COVID has messed up so many things, even down to, like I said, the, the postal service being slow. But I think, and Jamie, I want you to, to chime in here as well. I think this is absolutely a direct reaction to what they heard after that showcase. Uh, I think they heard all of the negative about that game. And like I said, people were posting side by sides with old Halo games. And in some instances, it, it, the old game looked a little better. And so I think, and, and I'm not knocking him for this. I, I think it's good that the studios listen to what people want because that's how you're going to make money. That's how you're going to sell games. But I think it's a direct reaction to that. What do you think, man? Oh, I don't have a doubt in my mind that it's a direct reaction to that. All the negative feedback from the uh, game showcase. Just simple because, I mean, you're going to put out a product and your consumers reacted like, oh, we're not going to buy this. So it's like, well, we got to do something now. So they back to the drawing board, if you will. Um, I think, That's right. I think they're, yeah. I think they're, they were going for nostalgia, you know, kind of making it feel like that old, old, old halo game that you grew up on or you, you know, your first Xbox game, you know, they were going for that feel and it's, it, it wasn't going to work this time. So they did the right thing instead of just pushing a, uh, a shoddy product out there. They're taking it back and fixing it to hopefully appease their fans. Right. And, and you know, it's one thing to kind of, kind of mentioned this last episode. It's one thing to, you know, try to bring that nostalgia back because that, that they did that. 
they did that feel, but as I mentioned last episode, they did it too well. Like nostalgia doesn't have to include, especially on a next gen console that's about to come out. That nostalgia doesn't have to be old graphics. You know, it can still have the feel. It can still focus on, in the case of Halo, uh, the main character, Master Chief. You can bring all of that back and have that nostalgia without putting on the Microsoft game showcase, old graphics, Halo. And so I would be interested. I would be shocked if what they, the final product they put out of Halo looks like it did at the showcase. I would be shocked if that was the case. Maybe it is. I would be disappointed if it was, you know, he alludes to COVID again. If it was just a COVID thing saying, hey, we're not going to be able to finish it. I think finish means we got to fix this graphics. Uh, there, there's a uh, really went viral immediately, but there's a, uh, a close up of an enemy that that we all know because we played old Halo. And so everybody zoomed in on this enemy and you just see just like normal old graphics. And so that's that's disappointing when you're trying to get everybody fired up for a new system. Again, Microsoft, you know, I'd be surprised from what I've read, you know, that they don't they don't feel they don't feel like they have to sell all these next gen consoles like a PlayStation does because of their Game Pass that people are going to be able to play them on PC and uh, even Xbox One and things like that are supposed to be. And so um, may not they may not be as as focused on that, but still, you you don't want to bury or torpedo that project either. You know you want you want. I'm sure nobody's over there going. Ah, it doesn't matter if we sell any. No, they want to sell them. They want to make more money. Um, they uh, but uh, you know, I just I just don't know. I, ho- hopefully, this is is this is what we think it is that it is. Hey, we need we need to fix this. We need a, a an upgrade in these in the way we've presented it, and hopefully that will give the fans what they want because that was the whole project was like you said was the nostalgia was taking you back to older Halo. Focus on Master Chief, have this feel, and bring the people back to Halo, which has been a part of Xbox for a long time now. And you just can't bring the graphics with it. That's all. That's all people are saying. Right. I mean, when Nintendo did their uh, new side-scrolling Mario games and stuff like that, it was not in 8-bit like the old-school Mario games. They, you know, the graphics were clean, crisp. It looked like a new Mario game, but had the feel of the old Mario game. So, I mean, you got to yes. find that balance. That, that's right. And that's what people need. And again, eh. And it all goes back to really when you compare the Xbox and PlayStation 5, the Xbox has better stats. It has a, a little better um, uh, just hardware. That, that's all it is. But it is negligible. It's not like Xbox has, you know, 32 gigs of RAM and, and PlayStation's only running with eight. It is it is so close that it, it really shouldn't have that big of an impact in what they're doing. But people still want to be impressed with all of these these shadows and and the way lighting works now and and just the way that they can make a beautiful game. And so as you, as you do that and you're presenting that and you're trying to get your fan base fired up about it, you really have to bring something. And that's something with good gameplay and nice graphics. And and they failed on that front. So I know as I was talking to Ryan uh, or messaging him today, I know they'll have some awesome games for it. And I know. Uh, you know, there'll be some that I'd, I'd want to play and, and do that. But right now I'm on hold. 
I want to see what they come up with, how they address this, and how they go after it after putting up what I think was a stinker. Again, hey, Game Pass came off wonderful, but it was a it was a game showcase, not Game Pass showcase. So uh, we'll, we'll just see what they do, and uh, uh, hopefully they'll make it. Uh, they'll make some some changes and and give us Halo. Hey, that's what that's what we want. So. All right, we we do want to talk for just a couple of minutes. <laughs> Another sport cards have been off the chart in the last year. They have just gone through the roof. We've talked some about that and the way that it's really changed. And it is really for the people with money right now. People, it is just crazy. I should I should come I should bring you some stats about how much some of these hobby boxes cost and, and all of these things because a lot of you, if you're our age or around our age, which I'm about to be 38. Uh, but, and, and Jamie's just, just behind me. But if you're around our age, you remember buying, you could buy a box, you could buy a big box and you know, yeah, it might be a little expensive, but it wasn't terrible. And I'm talking about, um, card, <laughs> card companies like Panini. Some of these, some of these things are coming out at like eight and $900 to get into these, these big boxes and things. So it is just nuts the way the money you can spend right now. Now, the thing is, the thing we want to bring to you, I don't know whether it's depressing or exciting or what. Uh, well, I'll just, Jamie, I'll let you take it over. If you're a, a basketball fan, maybe this maybe this is something that excites you. For me, it's just one more missed opportunity. <laughs> right. It was uh, talking about the 1986-87 FLIR box. Basically, it was a retail box that had several boxes of unopened card packs in it. I believe it was, it was a box of uh, 12 cards. It was a case of 12 boxes with 36 packs in it. 1986-87 Fleer was, had the uh, Michael Jordan rookie card, uh, Charles Barkley rookie card, Carl Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, now, I mean, all these players weren't rookies that year, but for their for a time there, Tops wasn't producing basketball cards, and nobody was producing basketball cards uh, from a spot there in the eighties. So when Fleer started doing it, this they just turned out all these rookie cards in this one set. Uh, but that box sold at auction for nearly one point eight million dollars the way they figured it there's at least or there's a possibility of up to 40 michael jordan rookie cards in that box hopefully their uh, predictions are right for whoever bought it because i would hate to pay 1.8 million dollars and not get a single one but that would be my luck as well <laughs> oh my goodness yeah you, you, it would be mine too the one box this was this was the rarest box because it had no jordans in it whatsoever congratulations sir <laughs> You just lost one point eight million dollars. Mm. Yeah, that, that was that was just a crazy story to hear, man. Yeah, I mean it. It it's just it was a case of cards that would go to a retail establishment, and then you know they would take out the little shelf package and put it out on the shelf, and then kids like me and you would come along and pay fifty cents for that pack of cards. That's how much these cards sold for back in 86, 87 was 50 cents. And they had trouble moving those cards at 50 cents a pack. So those of you out here that are older than, than Jamie and I, you, you need to be, you know, down on yourself for not buying those back. Jamie and I have an excuse. We were young. 
we couldn't really walk to the store at, you know, four and five years old and get some of these cards. But some of you guys walked past stores that had these cards. And so there you go. That This was your money. No, that's, we don't want to end on a note like that. But it, that's the way I think of when I see this, like, oh, my goodness, I could have had some of this. And that's really, you know, with the comic books as well. It's like, oh, man, I had that or I should have bought that comic. And now the, there's a movie out and it's blown up. Oh, oh well. Well, it's, it's just amazing how, how much those things are selling for. Uh, hey, I, w- I do want to point out that I still have a couple of boxes of unopened 89 Upper Deck baseball cards. So I'm going to do a video on that as I as I pull uh, those King Griffey Jr. rookies out. There's a couple more cards in there that are that should be valuable, but I'm going to pull those out and, and post a video of that so you can see really opening up a uh, an unopened box from 1989 and pulling that that what could be a, an expensive card out of there. So you can, you can watch me do that. And hopefully, hopefully I'm not sweating and shaking as I'm do, <laughs> doing it, but uh, I've opened a couple of them already, but this, this one was actually factory sealed with, with the plastic around the box as well. So I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good video. So uh, be looking for that as well. And also uh, my buddy Jason is sending me something. I don't even know what he's sending me. He said, man, you need to do an unboxing video with this. And he didn't tell me what it was. He just said, you'll like it. So I don't know what he's sending, but I'll do a video for that as well to honor him and thank him for whatever he sent me. Uh, so be looking on Facebook for that as well. Jamie, I've got a fan or flop for this this week. Do you? No, I do not. But from uh, recent rumblings in the uh, fast food community uh, that I've been hearing and different reviews and stuff, I am going to revisit the uh, grilled cheese burrito. Uh, because I've been hearing nothing but rave reviews, so I'm thinking I just got a hold of a bad one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a second chance. <laughs> you got you got somebody in there that had just just lost their boyfriend or girlfriend. You know they just broke up with them, and they didn't care. <laughs> they didn't care a thing about that. Katie and I, well, I I bought it because the same thing. Our, our friends over there at the Heavy Set Podcast. Hey, we've mentioned them like four times this episode, so go check them out. But. If you go, if you go over there, both Chris and Ryan really liked uh, this, and so I thought, well, you know, I don't fully trust Jamie, so maybe, maybe these guys are right. You know, you know what I mean. And, and so I tried it. No, no, I don't. And know what I you really mean. liked it as well. <laughs> I really, I really liked it, and I let my wife have some of it. Well, she really enjoyed it too. The only issue was the next day we were both sick. So I don't know. I don't know if it was the burrito or, you know, the tacos or whatever it was, but you know, if you, you ever get sick after eating something, it's like, I might want to wait a while on that. It was really good. And, uh, and so I am, I guess a fan of that. I guess I'll go with a fan right now. That was my fan or flop of, of the week was that grilled cheese burrito. It, it was good. And how did you describe it when you when you got yours? I was trying to remember how you said it, it came, and it, it just sounded just like, so bland. It was just like melted cheese on top of a burrito. Huh? Yeah, mine was. I don't know. It was. It was not. What? I, what? I was trying to picture how you how you you know describe that, and so when I got it, I thought, okay, well, this doesn't look like what Jamie said. So I'm I'm not sure. Maybe you got the guy who that was his first day on the job, and he thought, hey, grilled cheese, <laughs> Maybe, slap some cheese. Yeah, know. I was thinking say he. It looked more like he slapped it, he uh, threw it in the microwave to melt the cheese, then put it on their little griller and grilled it. Huh. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a guy who takes a picture of food a whole lot, you know, unless I'm unless I'm trying to make something pretty, and then I do that for myself. But 
Uh, I, I don't know if I, yeah, I do. Every once in a while I'll take a picture. Like if I go to a place and it like has huge pancakes, like there's no way you're going to eat this size pancake. <laughs> but uh, that would have been a good thing to have a, have a picture of just so I could see what you were describing. That's, it just doesn't does not sound like what what the rest of us ate when we ordered the same thing. It did not look like so, the picture yeah, on the yeah. menu. <laughs> not even I close. not because I know what I had, and it it does not, what I had and what I ate was not what you described. So I don't I don't know. Uh, th- that'll be a good thing to and try. It, and, and it was too like right when they first rolled out, so they may not have had all the supplies, and they're like, you know what, this guy doesn't know the difference, so send it on out. The only thing that would made yours worse is like uh, back when we were in school and we had PE, what was it? Fourth period. Yeah. Fourth period right before lunch and we'd get in and everybody had already eaten. And so they couldn't catch up with the burritos they were trying to cook. And so a lot, a lot of times you'd sit down to eat your burrito because you were starving and it was still frozen in the middle. You remember that? (laughs) Unfortunately I do. Yeah, that was uh, that was not the best part of uh, school lunches back in the day. Coming in hot, sweaty, ready to eat, and get that good old frozen burrito. But at least yours was warm, I guess. Right. But it, it was warm. <laughs> it does sound like somebody. And I mean, it, somebody did not care. It's not that the burrito tasted bad either. I mean, it was a Taco Bell burrito. It tasted like a Taco Bell burrito. I mean, what more could I say? It's just my expectations versus what I got was not where it needed to be yeah but i mean even with you saying that saying it was just a taco bell burrito this is not just a taco bell burrito i mean there's a lot of other ingredients in there this should not be like this is something i've eaten before plus some cheese on the outside (laughs) well i mean that's what i got that's what that's what i'm telling you that's That's what what i got man it's like (laughs) that's why i was disappointed was like okay oh yeah you know so yeah that's what i'm saying it's just you got you got the wrong thing, and and hey, I'll be I'll be looking forward to seeing what you uh, what you come up with when you taste it again. And hey, t- take a picture of this time. if it looks the same, especially oh, if it looks you know if it looks different. Hey, it'd be fine. But if it if, if it looks the same, this cheese like you're describing. Hey, I want to see a picture of that. I was going to say there's 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 a couple more Taco Bells in town. I may have to try one of them out instead of the one I went to. <laughs> try a different spot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I tell you what I what I really hate, and th- and that is getting something I didn't order, ordering it, you know, because for a lot of us, you know, we don't we don't actually live near things, <laughs> and so especially when you're driving, or you get home and it's like, okay, half my order's not in here, or <laughs> sometimes you get somebody else's order or whatever. And I, hey, I know people make mistakes, but it's that's the worst when you're like looking forward to something, or in this case, looking forward to trying something new, and it's like, what in the world? <laughs> that's why I always. To this day, I still check the order before I drive off. Do you really? If, well, if, if it's a large order. Do you order. not feel bad doing that? Like, the, oh, I, I don't check it in. What? I don't check it in the window. I'll pull up so they can get the rest of the people. I'll like pull over into a parking spot, check it, and then go. Okay. Well, and, and this is probably me. You know, everybody's got a different personality and how you feel about things. Because, you know, my first, my first job was working in a bank. And so you're you're dealing with some very important things in the form of greenbacks. And so what was what was always I don't know I, I probably took it personally and I shouldn't because it's so important to have your money right. But you know I'd be in the in the drive-through window and I'd be counting somebody's money in front of them. You know, saying it into the microphone here twenty forty sixty. You know, doing all this where you can see me. 
and then put it through the window and and then they start they started doing it before the drive off and it it was just always like embarrassing like you don't trust you know you just saw me do this oh i wouldn't trust but, you either you know, it's just me well thanks <laughs> but i just that's kind of why i always drive off and I, I probably should do exactly what you do is just pull up a little bit and uh, and and check that it would save me a lot of heartache because you know wouldn't get home and then say well didn't get my cinnamon twists which, by the way, they did leave out of my last order. So I'm, I'm a little upset, but <laughs> I guess I'll get over it. Maybe I'll start doing what you're doing, but I don't know. All right. Anything else on uh, on your food experience, Jamie? No, no. That, that pretty well wraps it up for, you know, this week as well. Well, go ahead. It's late tonight. Go ahead and go out to Taco Bell and make you one more bad decision tonight. <laughs> And uh, just go ahead and text me. I'll, I'll check that in the morning and see how it was. Well, the uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the Taco Bells here aren't 24 hours unless it's the weekend. I got you. Well, if if any of the rest of you guys, and, and like we said, we, we've heard from a couple of our friends that, that really raved about this. If anybody else has, has tried this, hey, we want to hear what you, you think. Uh, I am under the impression that Jamie just got the wrong thing. Like it was a combination of wrong things that he ended up eating that day because I did like it, even though, like I said, the next day, both me and the wife weren't feeling real well, but <laughs> I'm okay. It's forgivable. We didn't end up in the hospital or anything. So, uh, but let us know, you know, if you've tried this grilled cheese burrito, Hey, I want to hear about it. See if, uh, uh, see if you liked it as well. And, and sorry that we that we're doing a lot of fast food, but I would imagine for those of you who don't live in the exact towns we live in, you know, some kind of local diner, is not going to appeal to you. You probably don't care. At, well, you probably don't care if we like Taco Bell either, but you probably don't care if we like the mom and pop shop down, down the road here because you can't get to it. So it doesn't matter, but uh, we, we just try to try to bring you some things that maybe you have access to. And uh, so uh, what I want to do and, and I'll be looking for in the future is I want to compile a list of some things that we've mentioned on here. So if you ever want to refer back to that, uh, you'll have a link to it. And, and so again, check our Facebook page. Uh, at some point we'll have a website up and active and, and you can check that as well. But uh, hey, just get involved. Facebook.com slash Fanatic Life Podcast. Again, we're, we're so thankful you join us. And uh, that's it for episode nine. These things are flying by and, uh, and we're just, uh, we're enjoying bringing them to you. So for Jamie, I'm John. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. We'll see you later. Next week, John opens a box of rattlesnakes.